And welcome to another edition of the Stunt Show. This is Mark Zomick in an unscheduled appearance here from the Lower East Side. We didn't know we were going to do this uh, that uh, soon after the last time, but uh, we're back again with a special edition of the Stunt Show. My special guest this this afternoon is Harold Geller, Harold Geller, along with whose Harold is a familiar voice to this radio program, as well as Robbie Solomon, Alan Nelson, and Dan Funk. If you don't know who they are, they are Safam. And um, needless to say, I have been um, preparing for this show. I have been preparing this show probably for forty years. So, uh, if, if for those of you who don't think I ever prepare for a show, I'm preparing for this show for 40 years. So, uh, stay tuned, sit back, relax, and enjoy the music of Safam as we present a special edition of the Stunt Show starring Safam. We begin with the most appropriate song as I've been preparing for all these years. This is after all these years. This is Safam. This is Mark Zamek on the Stunt Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
Mark Zamek on the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network in a Safam retrospective special being joined by my good friend Harold Geller along with Robbie Solomon, Alan Elson, and Dan Funk, all of whom we will introduce momentarily. I love the fact that that little Jerusalem is in the back there towards the end of the song. I, be- I believe my introduction, which I could say now as I know the Statue of Limitations has uh, passed already, was listening to that Jerusalem song on the what was called the Hebrew and Jewish program, and I'm sure it involved some method of holding a cassette player up to the radio to record that song and playing it for my Uncle Ellie, who, when I was trying to sing it to him, didn't really understand what I was trying to do, and playing that song for him because I thought it sounded interesting. And he, um, I, I want to say, I, I, I don't want to, to date our, um, our guests on the phone, so I won't tell you how long it was, but it was obviously more than 33 years ago because it was still called the Hebrew and Jewish Program. Anyway... He is a familiar voice to those of you who have listened to the Stunt Show from the beginning or since my joining the Stunt Show. Welcome back to the Stunt Show, Harold Geller. Thank you so much, Mark. Harold and I, a couple of years ago, did a show about um, the differences in liturgical music from Orthodox to non-Orthodox, and I think we both learned a lot. And I think I might even come up today in some of our conversations uh, in what we're going to talk about with Safam. So welcome back to the, to the Stunt Show. Thank you so much. And you know, Mark, when you said that you've been preparing for this show for 40 years, I actually think I've been preparing for this show for 40 years as well. 1976 Toronto USY International Convention was the very first time I heard Safam. Tell me about your first experience hearing Safam. I think that, well, my first experience Safam was hearing them on the Hebrew and Jewish program with a cassette recorder. Not, so first live experience. Um, my first live experience was probably at an NCSY Shabbaton in Washington Heights. Or a Saturday, it was a Saturday night concert in Washington Heights in, uh, I guess it was Mount Sinai, I think. But that was my recollection of it. And that was pro- obviously was in the early 80s. And we'll talk about uh, you know that 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 um, late 70s, early 80s, 80s ish, being such a formative time in our lives and a formative time in Safam's life, and how so much of the music they did was the anthem for us of those times. And I'm sure we'll talk about talk about some of that. But um, of all the times that I've seen them, I think by far my favorite was the concert in Manhattan for Chazak Amenu. That was, I mean one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my life, and we'll talk about that soon. But anyway, let's introduce our guests. Welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network, Robbie Solomon, Alan Nelson, and Dan Funk. Hey, thanks for having us. They thanks for having us. They almost did it in harmony. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have a cue, so uh, you know we can't see each other, but uh, otherwise we would have been right on it. And we're in three different cities, so pretty yep. hard. And it's funny because when, when Mark and I first started putting this show together, the, we both agreed what that first song was going to be. And I think anybody who has not heard Safam, when you hear after all these years, get the feel for the family connect, connection and the family connection that every one of your audience members has to the band. So, mm-hmm. guys, tell us about how did the band get together? You know, we heard, you know, obviously the, the line in the song Friends Before Partners, but how, you know, Talk, talk about your musical journeys. Well, let me take a stab at that. Um, this is Dan. Uh, several of us met in the Zamir Chorale of Boston in the early 70s. And back then, as much as we enjoyed the choral music, we were enjoying the lively Hasidic music coming out of Israel a whole lot more. 
And so we started to get together, and Nelly would bring his accordion, and and uh, we would just start fooling around, singing various um, more more contemporary tunes. And next thing you know, we're singing at a shower and and at a party. And um, it wasn't until Joel wrote the, his first song, Jerusalem, that we started doing anything original. But we were an outgrowth of the Zamir Chorale, and the first time we ever performed was at a. Uh, during a Zamir Corral uh, concert in 1974. Mm-hmm. And Robbie joined us shortly thereafter, and then we took off. When you talk about your taking music from the from Israel, are you talking about specific Israeli music or the music coming out of Israel, which in large measure was like Diaspora Yeshiva Band and those kinds of Israeli music festivals that weren't necessarily Israeli music? Well, I don't know what was considered Israeli music uh, or what wasn't in terms of where that line is drawn, but the big hits that we were listening to were from the Hasidic Song Festivals, right. where every year they'd, they'd have that, and they'd have an album representing the best of those songs. And um, we did record a few of those, uh, and they were quite inspirational to us. It was that, I remember they used to do in Teaneck, um, actually the Mariah School in Egwood, where my kids ultimately went. This was when I was still in elementary school, they used to do a concert every year. After they put out that album, they put together a show, not with the original artists who sang those songs, but a group of singers and dancers from Israel who performed essentially those songs that were in that festival every year, and they went right. on the road and they did a show. Remember those growing up. Wow. Um, so Jerusalem was really the first song. That's so amazing that that was the first song that I heard, and that was the first th- song that you did, and that's such an anthem, I think for what the group ultimately was. And you actually re... I don't want to say you re-recorded it. You didn't, but the, you you bridged it with another song years later. Well, yeah. Um, let me just say, our fourth member, Joel Sussman, is not was not available for this interview. And, of course, Joel and Robbie write all of our songs. And so uh, half the time you're going to be talking about Joel's songs, and I don't want to be the only one to speak for him, but Joel started us off with Jerusalem, and then when Robbie joined us, he brought in Vishamru and, and his original songs for the first album as well. By the way, this is a little-known fact that I'm sure you do not know, but I will tell you anyway, um, not to embarrass Nachum, because I'm sure we've talked about it on the air before. There was, um, uh, when Nachum first started doing the show, uh, for a couple of years, he wasn't, let's just say, he wasn't always on time to start the show. <laughs> and um, there were some mornings where he was running late, and the quote-unquote emergency album was um, the Yellow Album, the Encore Album with Halal on it. Yep. That, was the, uh, that was the official J, uh, uh, Jewish music emergency album that was played when Nachum was late. And I, I, I'm sure it was played more often than he would like, but uh, it probably got played a fair number of times, at least the first few songs of that album, a fair number of times back in the day. So, Robbie, Alan... Talk to us about a little about the early years of Safam. You know, what what sticks out with you guys about those early years? Well, well I, I can speak I first. Know. We were um, we always were looking forward to getting together just to sing. Didn't we had no uh, preconceived notions of where it was going to go, what was going to happen. We just liked doing it, and uh, it wasn't really until we decided to go into a recording studio and try to put stuff down on tape where the music started to find its way to places that we never imagined it would, and then the rest uh, you know, started to really build from that. But during those early years, it was enough for us just to get together and go sing. You know, we get paid $200 to go to a, a donut dinner on a Tuesday night and have 40 people show up. It didn't matter because we were 
we were playing. That's all that mattered back then. Mm-hmm. Robbie? Yeah, I would say that's true. And, uh, you know, then we started uh, playing concerts, which was a little different because uh, people started coming to see us and not to an event of any kind. And um, I think uh, it all kind of started shifting to uh, a national scene when uh, when Leaving Mother Russia came out, um, which was something that I wrote uh, when um, <clears throat> we we had a concert in in New Jersey at uh, Rutgers, and um, it had just uh, uh, happened that. Uh, Sharansky was arrested and I got interested in the movement and uh, we kind of introduced the song at uh, a USY well actually the uh, no it was a it was a um, Hillel a Hillel Rutgers Hillel yeah Rutgers Hillel um, festival and uh, just took off from there and then uh, that that catapulted us in a lot of ways. Well, a little a little more drama to that story, because um, what Robbie didn't tell you was that he wrote the song, and I don't know how long it took you to write it, Robbie, but I, I, I think you, you nailed it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and you didn't tell Joel, Allen, or me that you had written that song, and you didn't tell us that at the end of that concert, you were going to tell us to leave the stage while you, the bass player and drummer, were going to do this song that you just wrote. And we trusted you. We had no idea what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So we heard Leaving Mother Russia for the first time, the same time that audience heard it. That's right. It was quite amazing. And uh, I said, you'll know what to do. And, of course, they all did. Yeah. You know, I played it on the piano the first time, and then Joel took over after that. And uh, it became... The anthem for for a movement. And in ha- and and how many times did you perform that song before sort of the custom of stand the audience standing up start? Well, I think it was at the very first time that they wow. stood up. Uh, I kind of said, "Stand up now!" and uh, and motions from my piano. And they yeah, the line in the song up. says it, right? So right, stand exactly. up now and, and shout it to the sky. And pe- people responded as if Robbie was giving them an instruction. Yeah. It was just automatic. L- yeah. well, let, we're going to spend some time talking about Leaving Mother Russia. But I think well, let's play Leaving Mother Russia now, and then we'll come back and okay. talk about it afterwards. Sure.
countless armies our young boys have died for you. But never did you call them sons, you always called them Jews. We fell in battle for the Tsar. A hundred thousand died at Fadiya. And yet no monument will mark their grave. Just on our passports, the word
Mark Zonick here on the Nachum Siegel Network on the Stunt Show. I'll tell you why I say you to all of our uh, guests, Harold Geller, along with uh, Robbie Solomon, Alan Nelson, and Dan Funk of Safam. I don't think that I'm overstating or overanalyzing. First of all, I think it was the right song at the right time. I think this is the, those of us of a certain age, um, this, and I'm admittedly on the younger side of that certain age, um, those of us of a certain age, I think it's the first, I want to say it's the first full American Jewish generation. I mean, I know, I mean, I happen to be a fourth generation American, but, but, but certainly many, many, many of my parents' friends were born not in this country, but obviously almost all of my friends were. And so it was the first full American Jewish generation, and it was also coming out of the Vietnam War where the youth of America found their voice. And this was our cause. In the 70s and the 80s, we're marching you know, to the UN, marching in what, I mean, just th this was the cause. Student struggle for Soviet Jewry, the Soviet Jewry movement, this is, um, and many people give it credit, certainly people on the other side of that Iron Curtain give it credit for mobilizing. Um, look, do, do, do I think that Ronald Reagan would have done everything he can to tear down the wall? Yes, but there was some more emotion that was put to it where when he's going to ask you know, the Russian leaders and start naming names, I think it, it really, you know, was an, a real an, an, an anthem for for our youth. And, you know, Mark, it was well, interesting. The very well, thank you. Thank you for that. And, and Mark, you know, interestingly, uh, I remember, the, you know, the, the, the whole Soviet Jewry movement and not that it was around, you know, not, this was before Leaving Mother Russia debuted, I think, but in 1976, the first time I heard Safam, the next morning, we actually got on the phone and made phone calls to the Soviet Union. And right. Alan, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, good, you're a good friend and one of my mentors, Lou Garber, Zichron Olivracha, talked, yep. you, know, you know, made a pilgrimage to Russia um, and talked to us about his Russian experience and had Natan Sharan, at the time, Anatoly Sharansky's phone number. And we couldn't reach him. And the news reached us sometime after that that he had been arrested. But it was also, but I think it was also part of the interest and the change was up until that point, certainly in American Jewish history, there was a disagreement on whether to be vocal or whether to stay quiet. Um, and certainly there was, I mean, you go back to the history, there was a huge controversy in the 30s and the 40s on the part of American Jews on how much pressure to apply to the American government, knowing what was going on in Germany. I think that, that the Soviet Jew Jewry movement was the first time when there was no more controversy. Everybody was out there, you know, with a voice. Robbie, one of the stories yeah. that I remember uh, after uh, in, at some of the concerts was your singing Leaving Mother Russia with Natan Sharansky in the audience. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, it was, it was pretty... Uh... <laughs> I guess daunting. There was uh, there was a couple of times we did this. Uh, uh, once uh, when he was first um, uh, released, I was at the uh, U UN Plaza singing on stage, and he was due to come out. It was very exciting. It was the first time he had come to the United States, so I sang it. He came out afterwards, but I didn't actually meet him. I just knew that he was in the wings. Waiting. I think I was there, by the way. I think I remember that. Yeah, so that was pretty impressive. And then 
uh, about a year after that, he came to Newton, Massachusetts, to uh, Temple Israel, I think it was. You're talking uh, about the time uh, we did that show? It's actually just a few years ago, Ravi. No, 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 not just a few years ago. This was early on. Uh, oh, way back when. Okay, never mind. He spoke. Uh, Joel and I came to the uh, to to the um, lecture or whatever it was, uh, and um, I sang it after he spoke. And actually, went back and talked to him a little bit about it. <laughs> he made the comment. He said, "You know, he loved the song. You know, he's heard it many times." I guess people played it for him when he had gotten out. And um, he said his only objection, he wouldn't have called it Mother Russia, <laughs> because what mother would treat her children that way? Wow. Uh, that's, uh, but, you know, um, so that, uh, that, was, that was the second time I did it. And then just a few years ago, he was in, uh, I, I think that was at uh, Michigan Tefillah, right? Uh, yeah, it was in Newton, yeah. In Newton as well, um, and uh, we uh, we were actually performing, and he entered during the song, coming down the aisle, and everybody stood. Wow! It was like the waves rising on either side of Moses, you know. And uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a chi- it was chilling in the terms of getting chill. chills, getting yeah. chills, you know. Yeah. So so those were the three times that I I sang it in front of him. And and you know while we're on that topic, that to me that stands out as a significant interaction that happened during a concert. What about other oh, yeah. some other significant things that you remember that just spontaneously happened at concerts, or you know what's an a, an event that you could bring back to memory that you want to share? Most of them we probably can't talk about on here. <laughs> I remember, by the way, the the Chazak Amenu concert. I don't know if that was what it was called. I think it was a town hall or something. It was, uh, yes. Um, and, and what struck me, and I, I think we were sitting in like the first row of the balcony, and you were actually sitting in the, same, in a, in the, the next section. It's, two things struck me. The first was after you performed, you came up, and wa- came up and watched the rest of the concert, if I remember correctly. And, yep. and, and the second part of it, and I don't think you had performed, certainly in the New York area in a long time, you were just having so much fun on stage. It was really just, and the audience felt it, and and I, you know, and that sort of made the night for so many of us who hadn't seen you in a while, and for 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 just an audience, many of whom hadn't experienced, you know, Safan before, and, and it was just you you were having such a good time, and then continued to have a good time with the rest of the concert, which was I thought was great. Ahead, what Danny was referring to before, uh, not being able to say it on the air, is uh, part of the, the thing that kept Safam in business all those years, because we're just really good friends and uh, all kinds of hijinks and all kinds of crazy things that happen during the concerts, before and after, and uh, all that, it, it, it adds to, uh, to the experience. Right, you know, Joel used to say, you know, we'd go away for for the weekend to do two concerts, and he'd say, "Too bad that the uh, the two hour and a half uh, shows got in the way because we were having so much fun, you know, as a, as a being together." Uh, I find, being I find that when we of uh, New England and just being children when for, we for uh, when we travel so for the Nachum Siegel Network, I sometimes feel the same way. Oh, do we really have to record a show now after all that? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we say it tongue in cheek because you know we love performing, and 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 really that's that's ultimately what what keeps us uh, going out there as we're coming this this weekend to, uh, um, you know, to New Jersey and Metuchen. Um but you know that Chazak concert was quite an inspirational moment. Um, when you see so many of the uh, big name acts in uh, Jewish music uh, get together and um, do their own thing, and then we all got together to do that song, uh, the Chazak song. It was, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah, very mm-hmm. memorable. So we're gonna go to another, another one of one of my, another my, both Mark and my favorite songs, the Sons of Safam. Why? And here away, a boy has one. He 
Nachum Segal Network, Mark Zamek, along with Harold Geller and the members of Safam, Robbie Solomon, Alan Nelson, Dan Funk. Unfortunately, Joel Sussman could not be here with us, but he will be with uh, Robbie, Alan, Dan at uh, in, Mote- in Matuchin. When is the concert, Harold? Sunday evening, 6.30 p.m., Neve Shalom in Matuchin, New Jersey. Date, since uh, this people might be listening to the archive, we don't want people showing up four weeks from now. In April 3rd. April 3rd in Matuchin. We're going to give away... A couple uh, pair of tickets to the concert. Yep. Um, for those of you listening to the show, we're going to ask a trivia question, and um, Jamie's going to post it on Facebook. And whoever answers the first, the first correct answer to that trivia question will win the tickets. Do we have a trivia question? You want to give you a second to think about let's it. Let's think about it. Okay. Actually, let, let's uh, let's let the band think about it. it it's funny because when we were talking about it, I think he was even on the air during the fundraiser a couple weeks ago. Uh, when we were talking about this show, so I was in the studio with Nachum, and I said to Nachum, okay, here's a Safam trivia question. What are the names of their kids? And and he goes, I don't know. How am I supposed to know what the names of their kids are? So I said, come on. Oh, you were there that day, right? Yeah. Ari, I said, Ari, Josh, and Aaron, come on. Everybody knows the names of their kids. You know, but, if, but of course, that would have been a wonderful trivia question. No, if but we just given played it. Come on. Everybody would have known that, please. Yeah, but that's not the end of the story because those are the first of our children. Correct. And, and by the way, the Sons of Safam was actually um, a, a, a sequel to The Children Are Our Future. Yeah, that's true. That's I right. mean, the, the song you're referring to is only for the children, only which for, Joel sorry, wrote right. after his son Ari was born. And then Sons of Safam was the third album, and uh, you just you just heard that. Uh, after that, however, there were how many more came along after that? Uh, well, one, two, three, well, three, four more. No, four more. I'm sorry, four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the, the real trivia question would be identifying all of the children of Safam. That would be a lot. I, I think with Google, people could figure that one out, probably. Well, plus the, the liner notes of some of the albums may actually have references. So, and mm-hmm. you know, and that actually reminds me. I I remember seeing some of the concerts where where actually some of the children of Safam performed with you guys. Right. That's they, true. Are they um, musical? Rob, let's see. Robbie's son uh, Sammy is a percussionist of uh, of great note. Actually, uh, why don't you talk about Sam? Oh, Sam is uh, a teacher at the Boston Conservatory and at uh, BU, Boston University, and uh, he's a professor of percussion. And he has a book out that just actually was published by Oxford Press on how to write for percussion. Quite uh, quite well known. Joel's and, um, uh, son Ari performed guitar with us at least once, maybe more, right, right. guys? Mm-hmm. And my kids, Josh and Josh and Aaron, came up and sang with us a number of times. Josh, in particular, uh, along with my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, it's, it's Danny and I were Dan and I were talking before we were uh, preparing for the show, and that that was one of the things that I remember when when I first saw Safam at uh, at the State Theater in uh, in New Brunswick. Is I remember seeing you singing Al Hanisim with your father on stage. Had to have been amazing, up, you know, amazing just standing there on stage singing with your dad. May he rest in peace. Yeah, well, 
It was, um, although after a while, it got to be, for us, you know, pretty routine. Um, you got to realize that, you know, li- growing up in, in his household, um, there was a lot of singing going on. He was not only a rabbi, a Hillel rabbi, for 40 years at Rutgers, but he was a high-holiday cantor and had a wonderful voice. Um, and um, I learned a lot from him in that regard. Uh, so we did a lot of singing together in that context. Uh, when it came time to sing together at a Safam concert, because we did the Rutgers show, uh, 30 years in a row, um, from around 76 to 06, thereabout, uh, thereabouts. And um, we first started out singing Ah Dear Who, the one, uh, you know, know, that Greek-sounding Hasidic thing. Carlbach, yeah, and we, we, we did that uh, quite a few times. And then when Alhanisim came along, which Robbie wrote, that was a perfect uh, back-and-forth trading off uh, the lead kind of a song, and it was appropriate for so many different holidays that uh, that became uh, our usual uh, go-to song. So one of the things that we, we certainly wanted to bring up is a, a lot of, the, a lot of your, your fans you know their connection to Safam is certainly in large measure the 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 the, the lion's share of their not only their connection to Jewish music, but for many their connection to Judaism. Um, I put a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> well, you know we're we're not a religious band, um, but our our Judaism is expressed through our social consciousness and our uh, our love of family. And just the just the love of the the ritual of of being Jewish and, and all the, the the stuff that uh, Jews do, um, but um, yeah, so I think that that appeals to quite a group of of Jewish people. One of the things Harold and I have discussed on the year before at length. We actually did a whole show about it. I would say um, I, I could say this if anyone's read the Jewish Week this past week. I am certainly from the Sherwood Goffin School of Jewish Liturgy, uh, mm-hmm. which is very, very traditional, um, shall we say, with you know w- what with certain deviations from tradition in a very controlled way. And so, one of the things that Harold certainly opened um, opened me up to is a whole different style of liturgy. Um, I understand that you guys have uh, you know have some experience in uh, you know in more formal. Uh, Jewish liturgical music. Well, of course, Robbie, that, you know, that's for you, Robbie. I, I grew up in an Orthodox uh, synagogue in Baltimore, where I am now. I'm not at an Orthodox synagogue. I'm in a Reform synagogue now. But uh, um, the, uh, you know, my training was in traditional Judaism. Uh, well, we we all kind of come from a, a pretty traditional background. Uh, Nelly and I were, grew up in the conservative movement, as did Joel. And, um, you know, the conservative movement can lean in various directions. And I think we borrowed from all sides of that, you know, because some of our liturgy is as traditional as anything you're going to hear from Sherwood Goffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is a little bit more revolutionary. <laughs> You know, a song like uh, like uh, Vinayamar, which is uh, Dixieland. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't expect that when they hear it. It's like, can you do that? And then right. they said, well, we just did. And I said, yeah, and I like it. I was, so, I was, at a bar- you know, we did we did some different things. I, I was, we continue a, to. I was at a bar mitzvah this past Shabbos, and they had a group of Hasidic singers. And the bar mitzvah was in a hotel with a full hotel staff, sort of in the room while they were singing. And there's a version of Misha Nichnas Adar. 
um, that mm-hmm. is Misha, 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 right? And, and I think maybe 10% in the room knew that it was jump down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton, which was what I was singing to. And, and, I, and I said to my mom, who was sitting next to me, I said, do they know how offensive that song is to the staff who's standing here in the room right next to it? You know, but I, no, 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 nobody wow. said anything. Uh, but I've heard people actually, kids, certainly use that song during davening, have no idea what the origin of that song was. They just associated with Misha Nechnasador. So. And one of, the th- one of the things that Mark and I have talked about a lot, and I'd love to have uh, you guys' points of view on this, there are a lot of people who criticize contemporary Jewish music for actually creating you know, songs from, from prayer that aren't necessarily, I don't want to use, I'm going to use the term and not mean it, but that aren't necessarily respectful of Nusach. So it's Nusach versus music. Right. Well, it, it, Judaism has a long history of borrowing <laughs> from the cultures that, they, uh, that we lived in. Uh, I know there's a... Uh, a Hasidic song called Napoleon's March. It's a, it's a, like a niggun, but it was it was taken from a from a Napoleon uh, marching song that uh, he used in, in battle. Well, many of the, the many of the songs. Isn't the Hamazon uh, borrowed from some Germanic? You know, kind of a march almost. Um, I yeah, think like even. The, um, What's the song? traditional Olenu tune, isn't that borrowed That's from a an Irish song? Well, yeah. there's certainly a lot of Reformed influences on the Nusach. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the songs we sing when we take out the Torah, I believe, are you know, Germanic Reformed, um, re- reformed songs that were, were instituted into the davening. It's interesting. On the other hand, mm-hmm. some of it, and this is what we talked about last time, there are some things that, let's just say, are written in stone. You know, when you walk into any shul on Kol Nidre night, there aren't going to be a lot of places where they have a guitar making up a new tune to Kol Nidre. Um, you know, because there are certain expectations no matter where. And those are the things I think that, that unite us more than any of the other offshoots. Look, at the end of the day, you know, liturgical music, tefillah, prayer in general, is really there to uplift. And, and you know, and in, in any particular audience, if something is uplifting to, uh, uplifting to someone, I don't think anybody has the right to say that that's right or wrong or indifferent. Well, and, and the, thing, the thing that we've tried to do over the years, and um, I'm not one of the songwriters, but I can speak to what they've done and, and the reactions to it, is that we've really tried to hone that fine line of being, being respectful um, while being modern and traditional at the same time. It, it, it's not an easy thing to do, um, but you, you get a song with enough melody, enough uh, vibrancy, and uh, enough traditional feel to it, and you can do things with it that perhaps go a little bit beyond um, uh, what, what has been done before. And I think Safam has struck that balance, which is one of the reasons why I think our appeal is so broad along the, the uh, Judaic spectrum. One of the reasons why Safam's appeal is so broad uh, to the Judaic spectrum is they create anthems like this. This is their first song and still one of their most memorable. This is Jerusalem. This is Mark Zamek and Harold Geller on the Stunt Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. upon your goal. 
was the original version of Jerusalem. I said to Harold, I don't remember that long piano solo in the middle, because I'm so used to hearing the one that's merged with Amnesty later on, which was a shorter version. But that's Safam, that's Jerusalem. Mark Zamek here on The Stun Show with Harold Geller, along with members of Safam on the phone as we reminisce, as we wind down our uh, Stun Show, which might go a little overtime um, here, as we're so interested in uh, talking about Safam. So the, some of the things that strike me and go back in my memories of Safam. You know, 
the music is something, the passion and sort of the social action themes, but the the humor at the concerts. You know, I, I always visualize Alan Nelson and some of the shtick that goes on at the concert. Alan, you know, you've you know, there, there's Hello? so hi Alan. There's so many pieces of sort of, of of shtick and of humor. Where where does that come from for you? And you know, talk about some of the stuff that you that you do as uh, sort of in in the live shows. Well, it, it, when we put together the live show, it's important that it's a, a whole uh, cornucopia of things. You know, uh, serious music, uh, fun music, Hasidic music, English, Hebrew. Um, and infuse it with uh, either heartwarming stories or humor. Uh, we don't take ourselves at all seriously, and uh, we we hope that people don't take us seriously, either in what we might say that might to some be offensive, or you know even through the music. Um, and and the the whole package is what makes uh, Safam work. I think. More than, like, if you went to a klezmer show, you're going to hear the same style of music, you know, one song after another. And after a little while, it gets a little uh, little old. So we try to keep things fresh. We try to, you know, we have 104 different songs, and when we do a concert, uh, we'll try to vary that from time to time for our own benefit so that we don't get stale, even though we only play one, two, three, four times a year these days. Um, when you compare it to people who are doing eight shows a week, it's hard for us to say we get stale. But... It, it does create challenges for us when we go on stage to do something that we haven't done in a while or that uh, we haven't uh, really perfected yet. So we, we, we enjoy doing that stuff, and we, we enjoy when, um, believe it or not, when, when some of us on stage don't do exactly what we're supposed to do. And we can tell you some stories about that stuff that are pretty interesting. And there was one time I remember in uh, Anaheim, when we were doing Bashanahaba and I sing the opening as a like a soliloquy, and I had a complete blank on the words, and I looked over towards Joel, who knew that I had no idea what the words were, and he just shook his head no, like he wasn't going to help me, and I had to uh, do gibberish, Hebrew gibberish, all the way through uh, an entire verse of Bashanahaba. Um, so those are some of the little things that we like to do on stage to. to to ourselves to, to create some humor, but the the, uh, the the total package of the show is about the music, about the humor, and about the variety, and that that I think is the uh, the recipe for our successful shows. Um, when we get to you know some there were some shows where it's dictated to us what we need to do, and those don't tend to be as good when we're doing you know six seven serious type pieces in a row. Um, you know, for, for for a certain theme. So um, basically, that's it. And, and a lot of stuff that that you see that if if you see things on stage that you remember being funny, they're they're constantly evolving. So uh, it's it's not likely that you'll see the exact same thing two times in a row because we try to ad lib as much as possible. Now, the, the best part of what Alan's talking about is some of the shtick that we've honed over time um, did evolve because right on stage somebody came comes up with a line 
or, or with a viewpoint on something that he hadn't done before, and we crack each other up. And if we see that it works, we keep it. Um, some of it's preplanned, but some of it really just happens right on the spot. Once you get into that mode, um, you know, that can happen. And um, you've been to our concerts. You know that uh, for the last... Uh, 20 or so years, we often do this top 10 Adon Alum uh, shtick, and um, that's not just doing snippets of songs, it's also some of the stick between the songs. And the first time we did that, it was prepared literally on the way to the concert. We were traveling down from Binghamton, New York, to, to the State Theater at Rutgers about 20 years ago, and we'd been toying with this idea, and Robbie and Joel and their own creative juices at work um, put together this uh, this top ten list of snippets from um, uh, other, other music, known music, and applying the Adonalum verse to it. And it caught on so well that we tend to do it most concerts, even, even after all of these years. Uh, amazing. Uh, so, two things. First, reminder, this Sunday, April 3rd, 6.30 p.m., Metuchen, New Jersey, Safam performing live. Uh, our trivia question, which we came up during one of the songs, how many years have Safam been playing together? So, uh, so if you will put that up on Facebook during the show, uh, the, first, the first two correct answers win. Um, well, you, I think it's not really fair. Somebody okay. just copy somebody else's. You might want to ask a second, a second trivia question. Go ahead. I uh, what was the year, the first year that Safam performed? Okay. All right. First year and how long they've been performing together. Um, two trivia questions will be posted on Facebook during the show. Those two sets of tickets will, uh, those two winners will win um, a pair of tickets to the concert on, uh, on Sunday in Metuchen. Yep. So as we wrap up the show, there's a lot, there, there are some song, some new songs of Safam that are not, uh, not on an album but are, are available on Oi Songs. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them that, that sort of struck me was Magain Davida Dome. Um, you know, and, and we didn't talk about this in advance, but there's, there is, you know, that's one of, one of Joel's songs, I believe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a story behind that? Well, let me, uh, let me preface it by saying that Joel and I both have a strong, actually we all do, a strong connection to Israel. Uh, but Joel and I have lived there for years. Uh, he, one year, I... I was there for four years, and um, one of the wonderful agencies in Israel is the Magen Tavira Dome, which is basically um, the Red Cross of uh, of Israel. Um, and uh, the the thinking behind the song is that um, their strength of of Jewish um, culture is that. We, we treat everybody the same, and Magain David Adom treats, it doesn't care if you're an Arab or a, a Jew, if you're, if you're suffering, they're going to treat you, and uh, it's just a, an inspiring topic, and that's why Joel wrote the song, because of uh, his experience the last time he was in Israel. Magain David Adom by Safam on... Crest on 
new, but yet very safa. Mark Zamek with Harold Geller here on a Thursday edition of the Stun Show with members of Safam on the show. Robbie Solomon, Alan Nelson, Dan Funk. Um, I love that, uh, I guess, I have this pet peeve about tikkun olam, that expression. 
in that I would say that 90% of the people who use the expression tikkun olam forget that the f- next two words in the prayer are bimalchus shakai in you know in the kingdom of God, and I think that certainly the members of Safam have more than done that in their efforts of tikkun olam in you know in, in that regard. So um, I'm thankful they remembered the uh, the back half of that uh, expression as well. But brand new song. Magain David, um, in honor of Magain David Adom, um, actually now legally and literally Israel's Red Cross, after many years of being just figuratively Israel's Red Cross. So, um, big change. So, I guess as we wrap up, I want to first, I guess, thank thank the members of Safam. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. And okay, thanks for having us. A pleasure. I, I want, you know, so my, my favorite Safam song is uh, another one of, of Joel's, uh, which is tribute um and the reason why and you know it, it actually is connected to jm and the am um because when i finished saying kaddish for my father the day after i finished saying kaddish for my father i turned on jm and the am and they're playing on on the on the radio is this song called tribute um guys firstly danny uh alan any any what's this is there's obviously a story to that from joel from joel's world well, yeah, Joel. Go ahead, Nelly. Take it. What what, what uh, sticks out of my mind every time I hear that song is Joel had written it uh, right after his father had died in like 1983, I think. And later that year, we toured Western Canada and did a concert in Edmonton, which is his hometown. And basically, every Jew in Edmonton was at the concert. And Joel performed that song live, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house, including us on stage except for Joel, and I don't know how he got through that song that night, but it was unbelievable. And, and, and by the way, it's unbelievable that I cannot make it through listening to that song without a tear in my eye. And I will say this, by the way, and my father, thank God, is alive and healthy, and, um, and hopefully for many, many more years, and I literally see him every morning. And that line in that song, um, I think about almost every time I see him, this man is a better man for knowing he's your son. It's a powerful line, and Joel seems to know how to capture these things. Um, and uh, I can't explain it. It's 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 uh, Robbie maybe could because he's a songwriter too. But uh, it, it some some uh, some comes out um, of these guys uh, in those times uh, of uh, uh, that are that are critical in their lives. Uh, and and uh, you know Robbie wrote Bashert, uh I guess after your mom died, Robbie, or when she yeah, was sick? right right before. Right before, and that's right, because she heard you sing it. That's right. Uh, and ironically, both those songs are on the same album, piece by piece, and they're both dealing with that issue uh, in different ways. But, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really quite something. So, so many of the songs of Safam uh, were anthems in the 70s and 80s and 90s when we grew up. Um, so, uh, on behalf of all the fans of Jewish music, I can easily thank you, and I thank uh, Robbie Alan and Dan for uh, joining us on this show. It's certainly been a, a pleasure and a privilege to speak to you. Um, thank you for joining us on the Stunt Show. Good luck um, in the concert. Good luck in the future. We hope to see you in the New Jersey area, in the New Jersey area, many many times in the next many many years. Thank you for joining us. Um, My pleasure. No, let's do it again. We will. And th- Harold, we said last time we should do it again. We we did, and let's do it again. Um, it, after all, it is the stunt show. We get to do whatever we want. Anyway, um, as we said, we're going to wrap up with tribute. Listen to the song. Listen to the words. They are 
Very powerful. This is Mark Zomick. I thank all of our guests this morning. Thank Harold Geller for not only co-hosting but producing the show. Um, this, this has just really been um, an amazing hour of Jewish music history for all, especially all of our young, young listeners. So thank everybody for tuning in. I remind everybody, as I always do, no matter how long a journey may seem, certainly an appropriate close for this song, no matter how long a journey may seem, every step you take brings you one close to the end. We'll see you next, by the way, next Thursday, Leo Razamik will be hosting this show literally on the day her sister gets married. So congratulations to everybody over there um, celebrating with uh, Shoshi and Kenny next Thursday. And uh, Leora will be hosting, I don't know how she does it, that day of the wedding, hosting the stunt show. Anyway, tune in next Thursday for Leora Zamek, a very special edition of the stunt show. Mark Zamek signing off with tribute. This is the Nachum Siegel Network um, at NachumSiegel.com. Said it does not matter what you are.